0: Welcome to CPAC's Today in Politics. It's Tuesday, April 18th. I'm Julie Van Dusen. Here are the big political stories we're talking about today. CBC and Radio Canada paused their Twitter accounts after being labeled government-funded, following calls to do so from Pierre Poilievre. What Pierre Poilievre is doing is he's upset at questions that are hard to answer. He's upset at journalists. He's attacking journalists. That doesn't sound like someone who can be the prime minister of this country. The conservatives are turning their attention to Justin Trudeau's brother. But now we know that his brother his own brother was the one that negotiated and signed the deal to receive the money. Will the Prime Minister accept to call his brother to a parliamentary committee to answer questions about this? And more than 130,000 federal public servants could walk off the job starting tomorrow. We made the decision to basically, you know, put a clock on the, uh, on, on this round of bargaining and uh, the government now knows that they have until 9 p.m. Tuesday, uh,
1: April 18th uh, to come to the bargaining table with a deal that, that will avoid a, a strike. And that is what we want.
0: So I'm now joined by Susan Delacorte, a columnist with the Toronto Star. Lots to talk about, Susan. Nice to see you.
1: Nice to see you too, Julie. Yes.
0: Yeah, so uh, now last night, uh, Elon Musk, who, who had changed the Twitter label of CBC, Lorenzo Canada, to government-funded, added that it's 69% funded media. Now, uh, CBC gets more than a billion dollars from the federal government. I'm not sure if that's 69%. But I guess the person that's really getting a lot of mileage out of this is Pierre Poiliev, because he seems to have been able to put a bug in Elon Musk's
1: ear. Now, what is Poiliev, what's this all about? Oh, you know, I've been trying to figure that out myself. I, first of all, uh, uh, Elon Musk is another inscrutable figure. First, he changed it to 70% mm-hmm. uh, and said, I mean, tweet, I forget what hour it was, he said this overnight, um, their concern has been addressed by changing it to this. And now it's 69%. So how... He said Pierre he was Polyev- trying to be generous or, or fair yes. or whatever. So whatever,
0: but but yes, he's put this figure on there.
1: How Pierre Poliev got Elon Musk to do that for him will, <laughs> will remain a mystery as well, too. You know, lots of people have been writing about this since last week because Pierre Poliev it's it's clearly does. I, I put I wrote about it today. Want to break the CBC, and it's not clear to me whether this is strategy. Or a grudge, just an old grudge against the CBC. Mm-hmm. Um, because strategically speaking, I talked to David Coletto from Abacus Data yesterday. He says, only um, fewer than one in four Canadians use Twitter. Um, uh, so the the relevance of that. Um, also, fewer than one in four Canadians hate the CBC. That's his... Mm-hmm. His view they, that it's not a voting issue. Um, now, some people say that you know Pierre Polyev can do this and then appeal to the base and then end up not defunding the CBC if he ever came to power, which mm-hmm. you know conservatives have done uh, for twenty or more years. They've been saying they want to break the CBC, but there seems to be something more visceral to Pierre Polyev. I don't. If anybody saw his scrum last week in Edmonton. Mm-hmm he just went off on a couple of reporters about the cbc kind of unbidden and uh, the the craziest part of one rant was um he told a young cp reporter canadian press reporter mm-hmm. that she should go to the ethics commissioner and ask whether she's allowed to ask him questions about the cbc because cbc is the biggest client of canadian press like we we're, we're, we're getting into kind of Tin foil hat territory here. No, it's, it's a strange thing to do. So I'm, I'm still baffled by it. Um, I don't know that it attracts any voters. But, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe this is a nation just waiting to see the end of the CBC.
0: But, um, but also the I,
1: fact that he's uh, saying things that are, that are untrue, that
0: it's a propaganda yeah. arm of the government, um, the, the CBC responded by saying within our Broadcasting Act, uh, it's mandated by law that we are independent. And, um, but, uh, you know, Susan, you recall that Stephen Harper uh, also um, used to, you know, talk about the CBC in very derogatory ways. So it's not a new thing.
1: And uh um, no, but this 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 one is this this one is it's Trudeau's CBC. It's it's mm-hmm. the personalization of it. It's mm-hmm. um it it, it does the, yes, you're right. Uh we all lived through Stephen Harper's war with the media and uh and his, his rants against uh, the media in general. And he gambled
0: th- on the fact that if the media starts whining about it, they're a bunch of whiners. And that's how people would see uh, no one cares about reporters. That's what he gambled on. And for a long time that worked, right?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, we are seen as whiny, entitled. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, how many times did Pierre Polyev in that scrum last week use the word woke? Mm -hmm. um all Mm -hmm. of that stuff too they so you know he's he's obviously churning something up I'm just not clear yet on what the purpose of this is except to just break things you know that
0: and and, you know we we saw certainly over the years with uh Stephen Harper and of course Pierre was a minister for Stephen Harper for a long time that if you keep bashing an organization long enough sometimes it works whether it's stats canada or yep uh, you know rights and democracy or whatever if you just keep pummeling away uh you know you the end result is you as you uh undermine it considerably but anyway we have a lot to talk about so let's go on about what pierre polievre uh, led question period off with yesterday and that's uh bring alexander trudeau to a committee now that's the prime minister's brother He's at the Trudeau foundation, which has certainly uh, been in the news a lot for weeks and Mm -hmm. weeks. Um, and he, was part of, you know, accepting this very controversial donation of $140,000.
1: So do you think he's like on the right track here? Uh, Certainly that is a beleaguered uh, foundation at the moment. And I should say, uh, as always I do, when this is discussed, um, I was a mentor with the Trudeau foundation, uh, There was no um, overt political ties. I never met any member of the Trudeau family while Mm -hmm. I was serving there. I I met lots of uh, interesting people and certainly young, interesting scholars, but there was no, I I never personally saw any connection to the Trudeau family there. I think, though, uh, what you're probably going to see is that they will get this investigation. And I don't know, Trudeau was asked yesterday, should the foundation change its name? Mm-hmm. You no, know, mm-hmm. um, we should talk also about what's in the news today too. There's a news story uh, again. Yes, and foundation. that's going
0: to that's certainly going to dog the the prime minister today. The fact that uh, Radio Canada is leading uh, with a story about how he uh, when he went on his holiday at New Year's in Jamaica, he stayed at the um, the, the estate of a contributor to the Trudeau Foundation, and that story is is quite uh, interesting, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it is. Um, now we do know that ever since Trudeau went um, on vacation with the Aga Khan in mm-hmm. his yeah. early years, that uh, there has been a stricter attention to his trips and the. Uh, um, people he goes on vacation with i don't know that the ethics commissioner would have been looking into donations to the trudeau foundation as a potential source of conflict because right. trudeau has avowedly ended his uh his attachment to it so i it, it probably fell into a gray area where the ethics commissioner didn't look at that but i would imagine the ethics commissioner will look at it again hmm. uh, you know
0: and, and i imagine a gray area won't be when taxpayers sort out the fact that it was a hundred and sixty thousand dollar bill at least to cover the rcmp that was there for security and different um you know bureaucrats and so on who also went on the trip that were staying at nearby uh hotels that were were not cheap i mean that that part won't be so great
1: no this is going to be a bad day for trudeau does plan to be a question period today Yeah. yeah and uh he will be um You know, the Conservatives will have woken up this morning with another spring in their step. Um, Low-hanging fruit. Exactly, yeah.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, and when he says, when the Prime Minister says, I have nothing to do with the Foundation, um, that's that's all well and good. But these big contributions that were coming in, uh, certainly by the Chinese donors, would they have contributed to the Foundation if it had been... uh, you know, Bill Baker, some unknown person, yeah, right? That's right? I mean, yeah. it's a problem for him is it uh, looks like these people were uh, trying to get access uh, to him. And on the foundation, you've got his brother, his uh, half-sister, uh, Pierre Trudeau's um, senior, Pierre Trudeau, obviously. His daughter, Sarah Coyne, was also a, a director there. There's advisors to the former Prime Minister, Tom Axworthy, that had uh, big links to it. And other and conservatives like Peter Lawheed too. There's a mix, but the problem is, the, the mix seems to be more on the Trudeau side.
1: Yeah, it's you know I I have been saying in our meetings and conversations about this in my in my office that it strikes me as very naive for anyone to think that you could influence Trudeau through this foundation. He's not that attached to his. Father's memory, he's shown mm-hmm. that before, mm-hmm. or and I, I don't know that there's much contact even with his brother. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they they talk infrequently, mm-hmm. is my understanding. So, um, it, it does strike me that it that the the idea of donating to the foundation as a way of getting to Justin Trudeau is probably um, misguided at best, right? But <clears throat> But it's you know it's it's optics, right? It's,
0: it's optics, and like we say, this the, the you know if, if you're looking for another angle today, they found it, is. it, right? Yep. With this with this trip that he took, and it's uh it's uh you know I was looking at the articles, quite interesting, and uh, some professor was saying like, is someone going to save him from himself?
1: Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and. I- the, the the story also contains a, an interesting reference to a source within the liberals. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know what we call the we we call those people who didn't get into cabinet. Um, but, <laughs> no axe to grind. No, um, but still, but, still. Yeah. But the source was saying that 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 liberals feel uncomfortable about him going away to these kind of places that he takes. Yeah, he's, he he just spent Easter weekend in Montana. You no, know, where? Uh, where well, I guess we'll find out soon. <laughs> yeah undoubtedly yeah so yeah yeah i i have heard from liberals too who who are uncomfortable with the perception that this feeds uh that liberals are rich entitled and out of touch and that's not an impression you want to leave when grocery bills have been doubling.
0: Well, yeah when you're people. when you're uh, down in jamaica staying at this wealthy person's resort And taxpayers are footing the bill when many people can't afford a turkey over over the holiday season. You know that's that's certainly a a problem that he's going to have to figure out. And and also it adds on
1: to other things like the six thousand dollar hotel bill and and stuff like that, right? Or going skiing and or surfing in Tofino uh, on the day of national uh, reconciliation. Well, well, exactly. So like sixteen dollar
0: orange juice. Hello, that was so yesterday. (laughs)
1: Yes. yes. But, uh,
0: okay, so let's just touch on, because this is also a big day, everybody's wondering what is going to happen with the government workers at um, nine o'clock tonight, if they don't have a deal tomorrow morning, uh, we're going to see strikers across the country.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting, one of the issues is revolving around, there's been much discussion about this, one of the issues is revolving around, um, they have to show up in person on the picket lines. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah. And one of the sticking points in the negotiations is about how much virtual work will be allowed in the in the public service. You know, apart from wages yes. and stuff too. Yeah. The public service, like everybody, is going through this existential question of how much work should you do in the office and how much can you do at home? And I know everybody is having that discussion right now as well. So this writ large is interesting to people. For the example it sets. I don't know. I I watched um, the head of the union, um Christopher Elward, Chris yeah, yeah, last night talking on power and politics, and I got the sense from him that they he didn't think things were that far apart, that there were, yeah. you know, it's it's possible this midnight deadline is gonna focus the mind.
0: Yeah. And I was looking at something like Mona Fortier put out a release yesterday, the Treasury board president. So they've offered 9% over three years and the union is looking for, I think it's 13%, but also some kind of assurances or 13.5 or something over three years. Uh, that now Alward has said, that's still a big gap, but you know, yeah. I don't know, maybe a lot of the, you know, you know, 9% over three years is is probably a lot more than a lot of people are getting.
1: And I, assume, um, I, I know it's more than the, than uh, any negotiations our unions well done. of course of course yeah. so
0: they've got to start thinking they've got to think about that so and that's what will what will be going on today and then uh, we'll, we'll certainly know um, by by tonight by tonight at nine o'clock what's gonna what's going to happen so um Lots going on, obviously. Yes. <laughs> so was, I, I think I'll head to Jamaica. Well, I don't think you can stay there. No. <laughs> You'll be in a much more modest hotel, I think.
1: That's right. Yes, a little tent yeah. on the beach.
0: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> a little pup tent. Yeah. Okay. All right. Have a great day. You too, Julie. Talk to you soon. That's Susan Delacourt, columnist for the Toronto Star. Now, let's take a look at what political columnists, commentators, and editorialists are saying today. In the Globe and Mail, Richard Fadden argues Canadians need to worry more about defence and security. He writes, historically absent a significant crisis, Canadians have not worried a great deal about the world. We have three oceans and the U.S. to protect us from most threats. So deep concern about national security and national defence have been close to absent from our lives. The optimistic, brave new world that followed the fall of the USSR has given way to a world arguably undergoing the greatest changes since the Second World War and certainly since the end of the Cold War. Almost all of these changes are for the worse. All Canadians need to tune into these challenges to our way of life. In the Hill Times, Michael Harris argues Donald Trump's brand of politics by personal attack is creeping into Canada's national conversation. He writes, While Canada has so far been spared the worst of extreme right-wing politics, there is growing evidence that some of the elements are creeping into our national conversation. For starters, the critiques of the current federal government have more to do with swift voting than sober analysis. The Conservative Party of Canada has put the crosshairs on Justin Trudeau highlighting his alleged unfitness to run the country in highly personal terms as opposed to offering a counter vision of what a conservative government would do differently. The invitation to voters is to personally dislike and reject Trudeau rather than embrace a better candidate with better policies and a better vision. Apart from being distressingly Trumpian, the approach taken by the official opposition is totally unnecessary. Now here's what's coming up on today's political agenda. The Prime Minister will meet with the Canadian Dental Association. He will then attend a Yom HaShoah commemoration service in Ottawa and deliver remarks. He will also attend Question Period and chair the Cabinet meeting. Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland will attend Question Period and the Cabinet meeting. Crown Indigenous Relations Minister Mark Miller will make an announcement in Ottawa about electric vehicle infrastructure. Natural Resources Minister Jonathan Wilkinson will make a Two Billion Trees Program progress update and funding announcement in North Vancouver. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh will speak with the media before attending question period. He will also meet with the Canadian Dental Association. Green Party leader Elizabeth May will attend the National Holocaust Remembrance Day commemoration in Ottawa. And Bank of Canada Governor Tiff Macklin will appear before the House of Commons Standing Committee on Finance. That's CPAC Today in Politics for Tuesday, April 18th. Tune in to Primetime Politics tonight on CPAC for coverage of all the day's events. I'm Julie Van Dusen. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.